Good day wherever you're listening from, and welcome to Indoor Air Quality Radio, IAQ Radio, for Friday, January 20th, 2011. This week, episode 232, 232, Cliff, Ooh. comes to you from Studio C in beautiful McKees Rocks, Pennsylvania. My name is Joe Hughes, Radio Joe Hughes, and back with me in the studio is the Z-Man, Cliff Slotnick. Always good to be here and work with you, Joe. In fact, good to be back in the bird, Cliff. All right, at the controls is... Roxy V, Val Bender. Good morning. Good morning, Val. <laughs> All right, we've got a, a great show. Of course, we'll have uh, Dr. Wild join us later on in the show as our technical director. All right, we've got Sharon Noonan Kramer joining us. Sharon is an advocate for integrity and in how marketing is used to establish U.S. public health policies. Through her diligent efforts, she caused a federal Government Accountability Office, GAO, audit, which has helped to reshape the federal policy regarding illnesses that are caused by biological contaminants found in water-damaged buildings. Now she is facing jail time for refusing to be silenced on how false policy was established and remains in private sector policy that it has been proven that damp buildings pose no threat to health. Sharon has been fined in contempt of court for violating a court order which precludes her and others from evidencing on the Internet the role that the California courts are playing in aiding the concept that damp buildings do not harm to remain in the private sector policy and in the U.S. courts. And uh, we've got a little intro for Sharon, I believe. All right, Sharon, do we have you on the line? You do. All right. I'm here. We we had some technical glitches there. We were worried until you until I heard your voice. I was a little worried. Cliff just uh, put his hands up too. Thanks for joining us. And, uh, you know, it's great to have you back. Uh, for listeners that don't know, we've had you on uh, at least once and maybe twice now, if I recall, Sharon. And uh, we've talked a little bit about your advocacy for people who live and work in water-damaged buildings. And you've made great progress over the years. And uh, what I'd like to do to start out with is if you could just kind of summarize for our listeners what progress you feel has been made as the result of your advocacy on this issue? Well, what I did, I, I, um, I have a degree in marketing, and so, you know, I'm not a scientist, I'm not a physician, but I understand how concepts are marketed to decision makers and that cause policies to become established. And so um, there was a, a horrible, horrible marketing campaign that was promoted primarily by the U.S. Chamber of Commerce to the courts and in policy, that all these people who were claiming illness from water-damaged buildings were just liars out to scam insurers and employers. And they wrote this policy. I have a, um, I have a different testimony uh, directly for the United States, for U.S. courts, that the mantra of the, the campaign was, Thus, the notion that toxic mold is an insidious secret killer 
as a result of uh, trial, as, as so many trial lawyers and media would claim, is junk science unsupported by actual scientific study. Well, I looked at the paper and looked at, you know, how they marketed it and the medical association that legitimized it and how it was used in the courts to falsely state that um, toxicology models could be used by themselves as proof that individual environmental illnesses are not occurring, which that's false science. But, um, evidence codes, you're, you're not allowed to do that, but it doesn't matter. It was marketed into policy. So what I did was I set out to approach it on a federal level, and um, I ended up, I moderated a United States Senate staff briefing where I brought in physicians and scientists, microbiologists, who were able to relay the true science, the true current understanding of the science to the Senate staffers. And then from that, I was able to, um, the Senate Health Committee uh, and the late Senator Kennedy requested a federal GAO audit on my behalf in 2006. Um, the report came out in 2008, and it rightfully acknowledges we don't know everything about these illnesses but it's indeed plausible that serious illnesses are occurring from these biological contaminants. So what that did was it knocked the naysayers out of policy on a federal level who have been promoting that it's scientifically proven this isn't occurring. And so whenever I get phone calls from people, or um, it, it's always, you know, thank you so much for lending credibility to my work. My family is sick. I'm sick. We have not been able to get any help, and what you've done has helped us tremendously. So <laughs> then I kind of, um, what the GAO report did was say that the Federal uh, Committee on Indoor Air Quality, Interagency Committee on Air, Indoor Air Quality, which is Phil Jalbert, I know you all have had him on from the EPA. Yes. Phil this committee. Well, they have a, um, a mold work group made up of um, representatives from various government agencies. And um, they've done a great job of, of getting accurate information within all the federal government agencies among themselves. But they haven't gotten the information out to the private sector to where it needs to go, which is um, these medical associations that are putting out false information and uh, several health departments, state health departments that are not promoting accurate information. So that's the second step of what we're trying to finish, um, is to have the, the federal government getting the information right within themselves. Now we need to go out to the private sector to shut down this defeat in the courtrooms that's been mass marketed. And so that's, you know, I set, my, I set a goal of teach the physicians that these illnesses are real and, and the, whole, the whole, whole problem solves itself. And... Um, that's where I am, and I'm, I'm, I'm almost there. I'm almost home. I, I think there's been a lot of progress here, and I, you know, I deal a lot with um, people in this industry, people outside of the industry, and Cliff and I work hard at bringing people with opinions from both sides of the issue onto the show here. Um, I don't think anybody's denying the, the respiratory problems that occur, but I just want to make sure that I kind of capsulize this the best I can. You're not saying there's definitive proof at this point about the causation of some of these 
other non-respiratory illnesses that appear to occur after people live in and work in water-damaged buildings. But your, your key point was that you don't want the plausibility of that occurring completely denied for the people who are obviously, you know, feeling these problems. Right. My personal opinion is that there is enough proof to establish that it's, it's a chronic inflammatory response that people are getting within their system. But that's my personal opinion. And I'm not a scientist. So I'm really not qualified. It doesn't really matter what my personal opinion is on the science. Right, right. I just need it to be recognized that those who say that they've scientifically proven these illnesses are not occurring are promoting false science in policy and in the courtroom. So it, it needs to, you know, we have a lot to still learn about these illnesses. There's no doubt about that. But to say that they're not plausibly occurring is science okay and, and I think you know we're not MDs either we're not uh, you know we're not playing MDs and and um, you know it takes a long time for this information to get into the mainstream practices out there and for people to um, revisit the issue so I think that's one of the things that you've been working hard at, at getting uh, accomplished now the right. the key behind this show was why are you going to jail now over this issue? What what led to the point where you're going to, it appears, spend uh, five days in jail in February? Well, as you can imagine, there's been um, extreme resistance to having this acknowledged because if you acknowledge that the buildings are causing this serious illness, that creates tremendous financial viability for say, workers' comp insurers or um, property insurers. or So the reason I'm going to jail is because I, well, you both know how I am. I'm tenacious. I'm not going to shut up about how it became a fraud in policy. So what happened was in um, 2005, I was the first to publicly write of how this false concept got marketed into policy that it was proven buildings don't harm. And I named the names of those involved which is the Medical Association of the American College of Occupational and Environmental Medicine and the U.S. Chamber of Commerce and the Manhattan Institute and a corporation, two owners of a uh, corporation called Veritox, Inc. It used to be called Global Talks. They wrote policy papers that for both ACOM and the U.S. Chamber. So, And, and I also named um, U.S. Congressman Gary Miller. Um, so, um, you know, I put it out there, this is false science, here's how it got marketed. Well, I also, um, they, they sued me for the writing, the cases, um, Kelman and Global Talks versus Kramer, and they, there were five words that were the sole cause of action of the case. And you're not allowed to repeat those words, right? That's it. Okay. The only, anybody else in the world can say those five words. That is full cause of action of the case. All right. Altered his under oath statements. So I couldn't say. I if couldn't I said that, no, that could possibly be five more days in jail. Well, since Cliff has looked at the uh, the court documents, he can he can say that. Okay, so that's the key point right now. And um, since you have apparently somewhere along the way, you you. Am I you 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 put these out somewhere and now they're they're putting you in jail for that? Is that accurate? 
Well, kind of. What happened was I used those words to describe an expert witness who got caught on the witness stand having to discuss how the ACOM paper was related to the U.S. Chamber of Commerce paper and mass marketing these false statements. And I used those words to describe how he was trying to say these papers weren't connected, but he had to admit they were because a prior testimony of his from another case had come in about him being paid for the ACOM paper, um, and it was a lay translation of the, or pay, excuse me, paid for the U.S. Chamber paper, and how it was a lay translation of the ACOM papers. And so they sued me for libel for those words, claiming it was a maliciously false accusation of perjury. The California courts um, issued opinions that made it look like I had accused him of getting paid to make edits to the ACOM paper. But my writing is 100% correct. The money from the Manhattan Institute was for the U.S. Chamber paper. So if you're understanding me, the courts themselves took my accurate writing and made it look like it was libelous. Um, what they also did was um, the gentleman had given a reason that I supposedly would have malice for him. In libel law, you have to establish malice. He claimed to have been a great expert in my own mold litigation of long ago that had testified. I testified the types and amount of mold in the Kramer house could not have caused the life-threatening illnesses, she claimed. And then his attorney wrote, apparently furious that the science conflicted with her dreams of a remodeled home, Kramer launched into an excessive campaign to destroy the reputation of Dr. Kelman and Global Talks. He never gave that testimony. I got a half a million dollar settlement, and there was zero evidence ever presented that I was even remotely unhappy with his involvement in, in our personal case of long ago. So what the courts did, they made my writing look false, and then they made it look like I was writing from a um, position of personal vendetta, when in reality what I was doing was exposing a fraud in U.S. public health policy. So right. that was in um, 206 when the anti-SLAP opinion, when they first did this. And I mean, SLAP, well, SLAP is strategic litigation against public participation. Okay. You have to realize, October of 206, I get a federal GAO audit by Senator Kennedy. November of 206, the appellate court in San Diego makes my writing over the same issue look false and look like I had a reason for personal malice. Um, so there's been some heavy politics playing out here. So we went through a trial where we weren't allowed to discuss the science. Um, false hearsay documents got into the jury room. Um, nobody would ever make him provide corroborating reason. You know, he kept saying, this is why she has malice for me. We are like, okay, we'll show the evidence. They could never show the evidence. No judge would make him show it. And um, the trial judge even said to me, when I said, Your Honor, can you just make them corroborate that? She said, I'm not going to be drawn into that kind of petty behavior. So it's been um, real interesting. So then it went back to the appellate court in 2010, 
they concealed what they had done in 2006. Um, so I'm now deemed a malicious liar for evidencing on the Internet how the U.S. Chamber of Commerce mass-marketed false science and policy. And then they um, filed a second suit against me in which I'm gagged from writing the sole cause of action words of the case, um, those five words. If I can't write the five words for which the courts trained me um, for, for libel with malice, I can't evidence what the courts did and why they did it. So I, I adhered to it for a while, and then the judge in the new case, I said to him, you know, Your Honor, I just need them to corroborate why they gave malice. This was in July. And the judge said to me that it was frivolous that a plaintiff be made to corroborate a reason for malice, and he threatened to sanction me. So at that point, I was like, okay, I don't think I'm going to get too far with courts here. Mm -hmm. So in September, I sent letters to the Chief Justice of California and the Judicial Council of California, that's the governing body of the California judicial system, asking them for help and to intercede and to stop this harassment. And, you know, I evidenced for them what, what the courts did. I evidenced how um, clerks of the court had falsified some documents, um, and, um, and we put it on the Internet on Katie's exposure, and told them we were doing it, and, and so we could, rather than having to send mountains of documents, just said, go here, you can read it here. So what we did is we evidenced on the Internet that the Chief Justice of California and the Judicial Council were evidenced that these are inner circle justices involved in this case, that their inner circle um, has been less than forthright in their actions, and um, so instead of receiving help from the Chief Justice and the Judicial Council, what I got was slapped with a, um, a charge with contempt of court for violating a court order because I had to use the five words to explain, you know, if you can't write the sole cause of action, you can't write what happened about the case. Um, so <clears throat> we... Um, there were actually, they tried to do eight charges at five days apiece. Um, Dr. Kalman flew down for the hearing. Uh, they wanted me to spend 40 days in jail. And um, I didn't attend the hearing in person. I attended it by affidavit because indication was, had I shown up in that courtroom that day, I probably would already be in jail. So where we are right now is, I have this contempt of court charge for daring to put on the Internet that the Chief Justice of California knows her courts are compromised and that um, by doing so, what they're doing is aiding a fraud to continue in public health policy. And I'm facing five days in jail time uh, on February 10th. Well, there's two websites involved, and both website owners are refusing to, they want us to retract these posts that evidence they know what's going on. Um, both website owners are refusing to retract the posts because they're truthful and they evidence 
the harm that is continuing to the public, not just because of the U.S. Chamber and ACOM, and, but because of what the California courts have done over this case. So, um, so that's how I got here. Um, that's, I, I am, you know, I can't, I can't get anyone in the state of California to acknowledge the uncontroverted evidence of the false statements made reason for malice. Um, in a strategic litigation, and if anyone ever did acknowledge that, there would be several um, high-level judiciary in the state of California that would have some real answering to do. Well, yeah, that's a. I mean, it's a real catch-22, Sharon. You you got these high-level people, and if if you know if your version of this chain of events is accurate and I we have no reason to believe it's not. You've got these very high level people that would be put in at least a very uncomfortable situation if they, they were to admit this and then we've got you on the other side who are you're not a high level person and by the way I think it's important for listeners to know you, you had a nice settlement on your original claim when you were uh, claiming to have been injured in a water damaged home but since that time, I assume you have pretty much wiped out that settlement in trying to change the uh, public policy on this issue. Right. I received approximately a half a million dollar settlement, but from the courts doing this to me for the last seven years, I, I'm just going to say it, I used to have a net worth of about $3 million. We're just barely hanging on to our house right now because of what the courts have done. And... Um, they, it's just quite, it's very concerning. Every time I think this issue, I've gotten to the, rotten, the core of the rotten onion, there's another layer that appears before me. And it's, the California judicial system is in serious trouble right now. Um, our courts are closing. We've got this little inner circle called the Judicial Council that's running everything, and it's just very few people. Um, they're spending this money on this court case management system, a computer system that it doesn't work. It's never going to work. We're laying off court employees everywhere. We're closing courts, and they're hiring consultants at you know one hundred fifty, two hundred thousand dollars a year to keep this going. Um, there's a, a group of judges called the uh, Alliance for California Judges that they have a bill uh, called AB 1208, and what, what that bill is geared for is to take control. The Judicial Council has complete control of the money in the state of California. It's to take control of the money out of these people's hands and distribute it back to the trial courts. So, um, you know, as, as is always true, he, he who controls the money controls the game, and it's from what I can witness and testify to what these people are willing to do um, and that they're in control of the money, which makes them in control of the courts, which makes them in control of justice, it's, um, it's a very alarming situation. Cliff? So, sure, yeah, Sharon, I have a couple of questions for you. I don't understand, and, and I... I, I and you may not understand it either, but I don't understand how the five words altered as under oath statements 
I don't understand how it's not freedom of speech, and I don't understand how you can have these folks from their West Bureau, this Pastor Phelps who goes to military funerals and they have these very offensive signs and they can get away with it and they're protected from freedom of speech and it seems that your information is truthful and I don't understand why telling the truth isn't a defense. So I I don't understand, number one, why it's not freedom of speech. And then where's the American Civil Liberties Union? I thought that they were supposed to, uh, you know, protect people like you. Well, those are good questions. You're absolutely right. There's no evidence, zero evidence, that I was ever impeached as to the belief in my words that he was doing that to conceal how... um, the chamber and ACOM was connected. That's the first thing you have to prove in libel law, is that someone did not believe the truth of their words. They just it, they just kept suppressing the evidence that I was even giving reason why I used those words. You'll never see it mentioned in any opinion or ruling. But, what, but Sharon, so, let me ask, did, somebody did, apparently, was it a jury that decided that you you were you were guilty of this, or was it a judge? I'm, I'm curious about that. It was, a, um, it was a jury trial in August of 2008 in which we were precluded from discussing the science, telling science or how it's used in the courtroom. And a, a juror submitted an affidavit for me after trial saying um, hearsay documents got into the courtroom that caused the verdict for Kalman. I prevailed over Global Talks. So what caused the verdict for documents got into the courtroom and that we couldn't put on a defense. Um, I had witnesses who submitted affidavits that said, you know, yeah, I talked to her and she's right. Alter was good. The, 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 it was, you know, you're asking good questions. But as far as why can that gentleman use such horrible inflammatory speech, and I'm going to jail, a never impeached U.S. citizen, it's because that gentleman didn't piss off the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, and I did. Well, and, and, that's, and that's what it is. Is it fair to say also that there's never been a court order against him saying, don't make those statements? I don't know. I I think that's the case. Boy, well, I, I, th- I think besides being pastors, I think both... I think several family members are also attorneys, and I think that they have um, prevailed in terms of, of litigation right, where right. people have tried to stop them from, from doing this. And I think right. they, they intentionally provoke people, uh, you know, yeah. in, in order to do it. But, so uh, let, me, let me see if I can summarize this a little bit. Now, you, you've got this, um, you know, judgment against you or... or you know, ruling uh, against you, and then you've got these statements up on two blogs, and and the people don't want to bring these statements down because, okay. in their opinion, and in your opinion, they're truthful statements, so they don't want to bring them down. But I mean, they're you know, my, truthful statements. But, they're evidenced by court document truthful statements. Okay. You know, if the courts wanted to prove that I was a liar, or Kelman wanted to prove I was a liar, it would be real simple. All they would have to do is provide evidence from court documents corroborating the reason he gave for malice. And all they would have to do 
is provide evidence from the court documents that I was ever impeached as to my belief of why I used their word, those words. That's it. No court will make them answer those two questions. Now, That's it. But how do we, how do you avoid going to jail? Pardon me? How do you avoid going to jail? I mean, you know, well, Sharon. I don't think I do. I, I don't, I mean, you know, if we were following law, um, then there would be ways for me to avoid it. And actually, I don't control, the courts have told me I have to take those things down off the websites or I'm going to jail. I don't control those websites. I can't take them down. But I don't think that's going to matter because we've not followed the law to this point anyway. So um, I don't think there is any way. The, the courts, you know, I'm sorry, I can evidence the courts are compromised at their highest levels. And one of the um, primary justices that I can evidence um, intentionally made my writing look false and intentionally suppressed the evidence that the plaintiff had committed perjury to establish malice is the chair of the California Commission on Judicial Performance. What that is, that's not part of the judicial branch. That's an independent state agency in the state of California. Their sole function is to police police ethics within the judicial branch of California. So when you have the chair um, doing this, and, you know, she knows we've communicated a lot. One of the posts that they want taken down is is a letter to her along with the uh, chief justice saying, you know, Justice McConnell, please correct this error. This is what's happening. This is what you did. Um, so that's one of the posts that I'm going to jail for. And to follow up on Cliff's question, did you contact the ACLU or, or any other organizations to try and help you with this? I've contacted everybody in the world. Um, the mobile plaintiff attorneys are, like, running for cover. They're scared to death. And um, But the other people who don't understand this issue um, and don't understand what I've accomplished in this issue, it's real hard for them to understand when I call them up, you know, Hi, I'm a, I'm a real estate agent who's not working right now, and um, the courts framed me for the word altered, and it's cost me everything I own, and as a result, there's a fraud continuing in U.S. public health policy and in courts that's harming thousands. They go, okay, well, thank you for calling. You know, it's hard to go from, from that word to, to the impact of what's going on. It's also a little bit of a confusing issue. It's a little tough. I mean, I follow this closely. It's sometimes tough for me to keep, uh-huh. you know, keep all the the names and players and the actions uh, straight. But Cliff, I know you had a, a yeah, I, I do. What about a law professor? You know, uh, you know, it would, I, it, it, you know, it would seem that you know, certainly a law professor who understands the law would want to get involved with something like this. Have you tried that? Yeah, I've communicated with Erwin Chemerinsky, um, Valerie Plains' attorney. Okay. But he he is the professor at the University of California, Irvine Law School now. And that's another element I haven't really gone into. Both the U.S. Chamber paper and the ACOM paper have the name University of California on them. Um, and when... when um, Employees of the university testify in, in mold cases. 
the regents of the University of California keep over half of the expert witness fees generated. So the regents of the University of California have a financial motivation in keeping this going. And um, that, that, do you know, you know the Valerie Plain whole thing? Right, sure. Yes. Erwin Chemerinsky was her attorney. Um, I have not been able to get any help from him. So, you know, this is, I mean, there are things I'm not going to say on your show today, but I can evidence some um, pretty um, compromised positions from California to Washington, D.C. What happens with this issue is that people get involved and think they're going to help politicians, and then they get to a point where it's like, oh, wait a minute, those are my friends I'm going to have to speak out against if I go any further with this. So once you touch this issue and you don't take the steps to correct the problem, then you can never go back and do it again without admitting you have unclean hands. So that's, you know, it, it, that's one reason why this keeps going. It's not, it has nothing to do with science. It's all about politics. Um, well, what's what's the game plan from here, Sharon? You're you're going to jail in February. It sounds like things are pretty much uh, set. You're not going to get those statements retracted by the two sites. Uh, well, uh, it, it seems to me if you're going to go to jail, you certainly have people that are on your side. And I think what they should do is have signed to say "Free Sharon Kramer," and they should call the news, <laughs> and, yeah. and you're going to get you know you you, you won't. You may not be able to get your day in court, but you can certainly get your day on the news. And, you know, perhaps someone will pick that up because, you know, it's not you that's saying it. You know, people could pick it outside and, uh, you know, they do these sorts of things all the time and they get good television coverage. What about something like that? Because certainly you have a lot of supporters, people that you've helped, people that, um, you know, believe in your position. Right, and well, that's my only hope at this point, is to get sunlight on this. And, you know, that's a very concerning, all this SOPA and PIPA laws where they're trying to stop access to the Internet. Well, we're like the poster child of that. We've evidenced on the Internet that the courts have aided the U.S. Chamber of Commerce by um, less than stellar means, and I'm going to go to jail because... They, we won't take it down off the Internet. The blog owners won't retract the truth off the Internet. So if that's not an example of um, freedom of speech being stymied by those that are able to control it, I don't know what is. But you're absolutely right, and that's why I appreciate you all letting me come on here and talk. My only hope at this point to get them to stop this is to get sunlight on what they're doing. Um, I didn't attend the contempt of court hearing because I knew I'd go right to jail. You should see the transcript of this. The whole focus of the trial was, let's, you know, let's see if we can get her down to the psych unit for a mental exam. You know, she's got to be incompetent. She's got to be crazy. And even the court um, appointed this woman who was supposed to, like, help me with this contempt hearing, the woman stood up and said, 
oh, I think that's our only option, Your Honor. We need to get her down to the psych unit. So what they're going to try to do, this is their only defense. They're going to try to deem me crazy for speaking of what they've been doing. So um, it's just unfathomable to me that this can happen in the United States of America. But, you know, out of adversity comes change. And there are a lot of judges in California who are complaining about the, it's called speak with one voice. What that means is the judicial council says what happens. And if you don't agree with that, if you're a, a judge or a court employee and you don't agree with that, then you are not promoting the branch. Um, and it's, it's, chief, it's something that Chief Justice Ronald George, who suddenly decided to retire <laughs> in the middle of last year, it's a concept that he instilled, and it's causing, um, it's not just me. There are families being harmed in family court. Th these guys actually had the nerve. They were under a Bureau of State Audit investigation about some horrible things happening in family court in Marin County. They actually had the nerve to destroy court documents in the middle of an investigation, and nobody stopped them. So um, it's very, this bill, AB 1208, which is designed to, it's called the, it was called the Trial Court's Bill of Rights. This bill that is designed to wrestle away control of the money from this judicial council and the administration of the courts is extremely important, um, not just to the people in California, but all over the United States this is the largest judicial branch in the United States, and I can evidence they are severely compromised. And if anybody wanted to prove me wrong, all they'd have to do is um, provide the evidence from the court case corroborating Kelman's reason given for malice and provide evidence that I was ever impeached as to the belief of my words. They can't do it. It's as simple as that. So... Um, so that's where I am. All right. Well, Sharon, let's do this. We're running way over, but that's okay. We have control here. We can do that. What I'd like to do is turn it over. Cliff, I know, has a final statement he'd like to make. And then I do want to give uh, Dr. Wow a chance to chime in here and see if he has anything uh, that he'd like to add to the judge, to the discussion. And then, of course, we'll give you your final word. Go ahead, Cliff. Sharon, is the U.S. Chamber of Commerce part of the government? You know, it's pretty impressive sounding name. What the U.S. Chamber of Commerce is, is the largest business lobbying group in, in the world. And that's all they are. They're a lobbying group. They don't do anything without being paid to do it. Um, I, the insiders call what they put out, it's called Views for Dues. So they are very well connected, and they've, they've got their fingers in a lot of pies on both sides of the aisle, um, in Washington and in every state. And people should not confuse the U.S. Chamber of Commerce with local Chamber of Commerce. Local chambers work to promote what's good for the businesses in their, in their area. They're not really lobbying groups so much. But the U.S. Chamber of Commerce is nothing but a massive lobbying machine. And that's, that's it. Okay. All right, well, let's get Dr. Wow in here, and uh, he's been patiently listening, and I'm just curious if he has any 
quick call us. Oh, there he is. Dieter, I know this is not your, um, you know, yes, your, your bailiwick, but you always come up with something fascinating. So what, what, have, what have you got for us this week? I tell you one thing. I mean, I, I cannot believe what I'm hearing. Uh, it's, it's, I thought I was living in the United States of America. But anyway, I have a couple of good questions. Those five words, can I use them? I will today. Yes. Tomorrow and every day thereafter. Yes, altered his <laughs> under oath statements. Anybody else in the world can say, in the, in the public record case of Tillman and Global Talks versus Kramer, the sole cause of action was da 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 da. Altered. But his if I say it, statements. I'm risking spending five more days in jail. So well, you... that's not all that bad. I spent in my whole life two nights, not two days, two nights in jail. <laughs> <laughs> Do we dare ask why? Uh, yes, you may. Uh, the one was in Spain, and I was in a rush to get to a bank because they were closing, and I crossed, I will never, ever forget that, the yellow line, linea continua, that is a solid line. If you cross that one over there, I mean, ironically, these uh, two motorcycle cops had German BMWs to catch me. <laughs> <laughs> so did you and I didn't have the money to pay the bribes. They were looking for bribes, but I didn't. That's why I drove so fast. <laughs> I they needed money. I had to get to the, the next bank. next morning, they let me out, and I was the hero of the little town. I forgot the name. Hell with it, yeah. <laughs> well, the other one was, at night, I played with my band in front of a youth hostel in Germany. We had known uh, that a couple of Dutch girls had moved in. And we thought it would be appropriate to play at 2 o'clock at night. <laughs> <laughs> and they liked it very much. The housekeeper did not. And he called the police, and my tuba and I were locked up for the night. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we had to pay $10 to the Red Cross or something like that. It's probably well, I, 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 I had it. go down to the other stuff that Sharon touched on, and that quote got her into uh, trouble in triple quotation marks. It's always fun to talk to a, f a felon. I have no problem. With it. <laughs> <laughs> wait, I'm, wait, see, that's the thing, too. I've never been charged with a crime. I didn't have access to a jury trial, and um, I don't have a right to appeal. Civil contempt of court, the judge can lock you up. It's called coercive incarceration. Yeah, I and know about lock that. Lock anybody too. up for that. So I, I'm not a criminal. I'm just going to jail. Well, and what's, what's really bad, Dieter, is they can keep her in jail. I mean, it's not just five days. They can they can potentially keep her there much longer. So. Oh yeah, and I think that's their intent. Is they're going to keep me in there until I say, okay, I'll never say that again. But that's the thing. If somebody asks me why when I'm in there, why are you in here? And I was, would say, well, because in the case of Tillman and Global, <laughs> the the sole cause of accident is da-da, That's All five more days in jail for me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I know of the other problems which uh, California has, and there are a ton of problems there. They are so deep in debt, it's unbelievable. 
Not even Mr. Universe could get them out of those problems. <laughs> Mr. Universe helped to drive us into that. I, I mean, going, going to the bottom line, and, uh-huh. uh, I don't have you know, epidemiological evidence, statistical evidence, and all of that. And uh, it, it's, it's light out there. But I don't think it is a good idea to live in a house which is moist and if it's full of bacteria and mold. There is no doubt in my mind. And I certainly would not pitch a tent on a sanitary landfill just because, you know, I want to live there. So I think we have to look at that, and I think we have to understand it. And with or without data, a crummy house with mold and bacteria and moisture and uh, rotting wood and whatever you I don't think it's a nice place for anybody uh, to live in, including children, uh, middle-aged people, and old people like me. <laughs> so um, eh, 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 I, 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 I have no problem with that. And if you do have those problems, you better take care of them, and preferably in a hurry. Right. And that's, you know, basically that's one of the things that I've, help tremendously to bring to light is if you don't take care of this stuff, people are going to get sick. And if you, if you own the building, you're not only going to you know, have to feel horrible about making someone sick for not maintaining your building, it's going to cause a liability. So, you know, clean up the buildings, teach the doctors that when somebody comes in claiming these various symptoms to consider the indoor environment may be causing their illnesses. That's all I ask. Yeah, well, I'm working. I'm working on a couple of cases, uh, which I investigated, and there is an office building which is a heck of a lot cleaner than my house, and about 250 people in there. And there is one guy. In fact, I have to talk to Joe later on. I don't put that on the air yet. Uh, uh, there's one guy who is complaining. He said we have to do this test and that test. I want to know exactly how many of every species. Uh, yeah, of course, the guy doesn't know what the heck he is talking about. I said, if I take an air sample, which I did, well, that was at those five minutes when I took the air sample on a Tuesday or Wednesday or whenever it was. He wants the company to monitor the place every day for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And uh, he would like to know to what kind of molds he is uh, exposed. Interestingly... He has no symptoms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, you know that's there's a, it's there's just so much mixed information out there. Yeah. And that and, and you know what adds to it is those who completely may say they cause a pushback of these other people who you know they go on the internet and see oh yeah there is some problem here, but when you when you lie and say it's proven this isn't happened at all. People are going to know you're lying, and they react the other way. Yeah. So, so it's causing the contention and the extreme opinions on both ends. When in reality, you know, if you clean up the buildings and, and people realize early that this might be what's causing their illness, 99.999% of the time, that would stop the problem. You can prevent the problem or, or stop it in its tracks, yeah. That's a shame. Right. Well, Sharon, well, we about six, it. Sure. And six sick people early, and you don't have a problem. So um, that's really it. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm not, yeah, uh, I don't want to live in an operating room. And uh, in fact, mm -hmm. I like the sufficient challenge to my body. And I hopefully make good antibody <laughs> <laughs> and react positively to it. So far, I have done quite well. Uh -huh. I'm one of the few people in the world I know. I'm 73 years old in a month, uh, almost to the day in a month. Uh, and I never ever had a cold. I never ever had the flu. And my mother, when I was a kid, said, I said, Dieter, one day you're going to die from dirt poisoning. <laughs> <laughs> Dieter, I, I was did. in the mud. I was at, well, apparently my immune system was bolstered by that. But I, Dieter, I did see <laughs> one, one building that caused you to react terribly. It was a hotel in Baton Rouge. Do you remember that? We had to leave that oh, hotel. Yeah, that was that damn, uh, what is that, that, that pine spray, because, you know, when I go into my room in the hotel, it has to smell like a pine uh, forest. <laughs> when I go into a hotel room anywhere in the world, I don't want it to smell from anything. <laughs> Well, oh, Peter. my God. Yeah, Joe, you are absolutely uh, right. I, I remember that. Yeah. I woke up in the morning. I thought I was blind. I could not open my eyes. Yep, yep. So, they were so swollen. It was, yeah, yeah we moved to another hotel, oh, right? Yeah, yes. well, we got out of there. Well, Cliff, I know you wanted to finish this no, up. No, no. Uh, you know, you know it, Sharon, it, you know, it seems to me that it's really time for you to rally the troops. You know, you know, where's Aaron Brockovich and Melinda Ballard when you need them? It sounds like you need them. And, uh, you know, I think that, you know, the Internet is a powerful tool. And, um, you know, being a public relations person, I think you need to gather those around you that, that support you. And uh, we'll do Well, there our... have been several who are trying do some things to help, but, um, you know, as far as me being able to do it right now, I can't do it. I can't do it on my own. I need others to step up and do it for me, because when I speak on my own about it, it's difficult, you know, for people to accept that as credible, particularly since the courts have now had me labeled a malicious liar for seven years and I'm going to jail. Um, my credibility within those who don't know what I've done in this issue, um, it's, it's very difficult for people to understand that, no, I'm telling the truth. The courts are liars. And um, that's... So, well, it's, with you all allowing me to do this, this, this is really my only protection, is to, to get it out publicly, what's really going on, and hopefully somebody will listen and... and this corruption in the judicial branch, not just for my benefit, but for everyone's benefit. There, there are several justices that need to step down off the bench immediately. So, um, and, and if anybody wants the documents and the evidence of it, I'm more than willing to provide it. Yeah, I need okay. those five words. I Go can't ahead. see him. Uh, wait, Cliff can. Hang on. Altered we, we, we his under oath them. statements. Altered his under oath statements. They are, Dieter. You can say it. Yep. Anybody else can, but Sharon Kramer can't. Well, okay, it's potential five more days in jail. That's a that's one day for every word. We oh, don't want that. We don't yeah. want that, Sharon. Well, listen, um, we're going to wrap things up. Is there anything you wanted to add as a final thought on this? Well, just. You know, I, I just really appreciate you all helping me to get this out. And if you can help me get it out farther or if you have any contacts with any 
freedom of the speech organizations or, um, you know, various nonprofits that are supposed to be defending the Constitution um, against the attack and defending the Internet against the attack. And um, it would sincerely be appreciated whenever you can get it. We uh, will do whatever we can. Certainly this was a, a start, and we do appreciate you fighting the good fight and coming back to join us again here on IAQ Radio. So we'll, uh, we'll keep listeners posted on how things uh, you know, move on from here, and uh, we look forward to talking to you again. Okay. Thanks, guys. Thank you.